Ladies and gentlemen, this is the On The Movie Front Podcast. Howdy, howdy. I'm Rob. and I'm Mike. Whoa, whoa. I was going to introduce you. <laughs> no, I was going to be like, Mike. the one <laughs> and only Michael Sheehan. Michael Sheehan. <laughs> uh, I was trying to do the echo. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, welcome. Uh, this is episode 32. And uh, it's been, uh, I don't know when was the last time. It was like a month maybe or so. Two, yeah, maybe two months. We were like, we said we are going to do one every like two weeks. But you know, we kind of slacked off. It, the holidays were busy times. Yeah, and, uh, you had Christmas. and Right, but we're going to try to get back into the... Uh, flow the flow the that's what i want things. to say anyway um it is now 2013 but we're still going to be talking about 2012 movies yeah we gotta wrap it up man you know with the with the oscars coming up right oscars are coming up we're gonna try to have a podcast before the oscars actually happen so we can give our maybe like our own on the movie front oscar edition hmm. just giving awards out you know like invisible awards to i movies. like that yeah we'll do that we'll, we'll figure that out hopefully We'll do that. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so we have a we have a very serious show for you because we're not going to play any games. Sorry. No flicker battle. But uh, maybe next time we'll get some more games going. But for now, we're going to talk about, we're going to go over some reviews. I think Mike's going to review Gangster Squad because he saw that last week. And I'm going to review The Impossible. Then we're going to go down some of our favorite movies of 2012. Then uh, talk a little awards update and just, you know, conclude it from there. So you yes. want to get going? Yeah, I will. You Take it away, Mike. So, Gangster Squad, directed by Ruben Fleischer. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am related to Ruben. Okay, first of all, who, who <laughs> does know that? <laughs> exactly. No, I literally just found this out about a month ago. It's my mom's cousin's husband. Okay. Uh, I've never met the guy. Uh, my parent, my mom, and my dad, and my, most of my aunts and uncles have and, and know him. Uh, quasi know him because they've only been together for a couple years now. Um, and when at his wedding, apparently Emma Stone married him and uh, my uh, mom's cousin. So I thought that was pretty cool. It was a cool relation. Um, I went into the movie not really knowing what other films he had done because <laughs> I found out. Probably about a week before we went to see Gangster Squad, and I didn't really, you know, care to. I, I kind of wanted to go into the movie and just judge it on its own. Anyway, so Gangster Squad, what it's about, pretty simply, is Josh Brolin and a bunch of guys get together and form a gangster squad uh, to take out Sean Penn, uh, whose character's name is Mickey Cohen. And that's it. That's the plot of the movie. I am <laughs> literally. There's nothing else I could tell you that you wouldn't know based on that description going into the film. Um, overall, I thought the movie was okay. Uh, I thought it was very stylistic. Um, it reminded me a lot of like Sin City and uh, kind of L.A. Confidential. Um, it really, I think, it tried to hark harken those movies and, and call back to them, um, but it, it didn't really succeed all that well for me at least because I kind of felt like it was copying a lot and it kind of drew a line in between being a comedy because it was very like comedic parts and a drama so I didn't really know it, it was a little too lighthearted for I don't know, the things to be taken seriously overall it was it was good um, I would say you know go see it if you go into it not expecting too much I think you'll enjoy the movie uh, the stars are all good you know Josh Brolin and Ryan Gosling do a good job, uh, and Sean Penn actually, I really liked him in this film. I thought he he gave a really great performance as Mickey Cohen. You really hated him in uh, 
But every character is just kind of one-sided, you know, uh, two-dimensional. Um, and I think that was where the biggest problem lied with the film. I think the script was really lacking. I think the direction was fine. I think the acting was fine. Um, I just think that the script and the, the dialogue was kind of poor. Uh, you know, they did the best with what they had, Is I really think. So... You know. It's interesting because when, when I saw the previews and when I saw the commercials, it when you said, like, when you gave the premise, oh, Josh Brolin and a bunch of guys just try to take down Mickey Cohen, you know, Sean Penn, I really, like, kind of forgot that Josh Brolin was in the movie because they didn't really show him much in the previews or commercials at all. It was all, like, Ryan Gosling, Emma yeah. Stone, Sean Penn. Like, I, I, I forgot. That, that, but is Josh Brolin, like, a main character? Josh Brolin is the main the character. The main character. That's I, funny. And it, it becomes about <clears throat> these, you know, becomes an ensemble show pretty fast, mm -hmm. but Josh Brolin is definitely the main the main character. That's interesting. You know? Huh. The protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it is a... Uh, I mean, because we, we looked it up right before we podcasted that this Ruben Fleischer guy, he, he directed uh, Zombieland in 30 minutes or less, right? Yeah. Right, those yeah. two? So I guess, you know, doing this type of movie, it may, might be a little bit outside of his comfort zone. Yeah, you could definitely say. see it, because those two movies have very similar techniques in the way they're filmed, and they're both comedies. Right, right. Uh, and I like those movies a lot. Mm -hmm. um, both of them. I uh, This was... Obviously, a departure from those kind of films, and I, you know, I definitely think he showed a lot of cool things and a lot of good steps on a way, and I think maybe one or two more films on the road and put put a really good product out there. Right, right. You know, I think that's really just it. I, I think that's you know what helped his movie. Obviously, was having these big All stars. These, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a, it's an impressive cast, and you kind of like wonder why it was you know released at this time of year. But I guess it makes sense because it's really not that good. I mean, honestly, I, I almost went to go see it, but I just opted not to because I just really wasn't hearing much about it. You know, it was kind of one of those. It's kind of like that Broken City movie that's coming out this weekend. It's like, okay, they got good actors in it, but I heard nothing about it. So I'm probably not going to see it because yeah. most likely it's going to be bad. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so, so you say you kind of recommend it. Yeah, I mean, personally... I had a couple really big issues with the script and, and the plot of the movie. There's just two things that really, really bothered me. I don't want to go into too much detail uh, because they're they're big spoilers, um, but it, they really irked me. Just about how like the, the the certain things got tied up and how certain characters were killed. That's why I don't want to say too much about okay. it. Um, it was like, how the hell did they figure that out and get to that conclusion? <laughs> that makes no sense. Um, but, you know, I talked about it with uh, both my girlfriend and, and my brother, Joe, who both saw the movie. And they both said, oh, you're take, you're looking too deep into it. You're taking it too seriously. And I thought maybe I was. Maybe the movie's just supposed to be that kind of, that fun-loving, just enjoy the ride. Don't think about, don't think about where we're showing you too much. So, you know, take it for what it is. It's not going to be an Oscar nominee. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. That makes sense. Uh, Gangster Squad. Gangster Mike says, squad. kind of go see it. Go sneak into it. Don't yeah. pay for it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. All right, is it my turn? It's your turn. Oh, no, I kind of don't want to talk. Dun, 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 dun. The movie you're reviewing. <laughs> I saw The Impossible. Um, that is starring Naomi Watts, Ewan McGregor, and Tom Holland. This was directed by... Uh-oh, Snoopy's out there. <laughs> Snoopy's my dog, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> A person should be named Snoopy. That would be interesting. It's like, hey, I'm gonna meet, go meet Snoopy. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Juan Antonio Bayona 
is the director of this film. He His only other film that he directed was The Orphanage. Now, Mike, have you seen The Orphanage? I have seen The Orphanage. Pretty damn good movie. Right? I like that movie a lot. It's a very good movie. It's a Spanish, uh, Spanish language horror film. But anyway... So this is his second film, and it's just completely different from The Orphanage. That's why I was like, all right, I got to see this movie, because I, I like this director. It's kind of like the protege of Guillermo del Toro. And um, for those who don't know, I mean, like, the Grimmauer shows kind of give everything away. There's really no spoilers in this movie, but it's about the 2004 tsunami that devastated the uh, southeast shores of Asia. And uh, hundreds of thousands people were killed, and, you know, communities and villages just destroyed. And it's a, you know, a horrific tragedy, but this is a, based on a true story about, uh, the, well, the true story actually is, a, there's a Spanish family that, you know, were separated and then survived and found each other again. For Hollywood purposes, they made this family British. Okay, <laughs> so, you have Naomi Watts and uh, Ewan McGregor and everyone, so, but, uh, <clears throat> It was really good. It was really, really good. I enjoyed it a lot. And it's not the easiest movie to see. For P for PG-13, they show a lot of, like, a lot of death, a lot of violence. It's uh, obviously, a like, a disaster type of movie. But I want to try to, like, refrain myself from saying disaster movie. Because, like, when, I, when you hear, oh, you know, this is a disaster movie, you kind of think about, all right, 2012 or Armageddon, you know, Day After Tomorrow. And th these are all movies that are just, like... Okay, this is what would happen if a catastrophe or you know something happened to Earth, but this is like a true life, real thing, and like it really is very serious. It's more of a family drama though, and uh, I think Naomi Watts gives one of her best performances in her career. She's one of the I think the, one of the most underrated actresses in Hollywood. Um, so this is her, she got nominated for her second Oscar for this role, which was you know phenomenal because she killed it. Ewan McGregor awesome like always and uh, the the actor that really impressed me most was Tom Holland he is I don't know 16 15 14 I don't know he's pretty young he was in a, he's been uh, a couple years playing uh, Billy Elliot the musical in London so he's not really um, a stranger to the theater and arts and movies and stuff like that but this is like his first major role I believe um, but yeah you know it was really impressive what what's really cool that I'm reading a lot about is that the, all the disaster there's like a 10 minute disaster sequence with like you see like the waves just crashing destroying buildings no CGI they used one of the world's I think the second largest uh, water tank in the entire world it's like you know hundreds and hundreds of feet long and stuff like that they, they built like up everything and they just had millions of millions of gallons of water i was just i was reading this last night millions of gallons of water being pumped from like 50 different pumps and it was just like it was just really impressive that there was really no cgi use in this film wow. especially during this sequence and if, if you see it it is intense like i'm i was cringing the entire time it's like it's crazy how just you just get whiplash from the power of the water and everything so that was impressive um but yeah overall i liked it a lot very good performances, good direction, and if you don't mind the, uh, there's a lot of squeamish factors, but if you don't mind that, yeah, you'll enjoy it. Why do you think that Ewan McGregor didn't get nominated for this film? Because it's a very crowded, we'll go, we'll, we'll discuss this more in, when uh, we go to our awards update, but it's a very crowded field in, the, in all acting categories this year. There's a lot of good movies, a lot of good performances, and... His performance was good, but yeah, I don't. I, I understand why he didn't get nominated because it wasn't it wasn't like the top five of the year. 
<clears throat> but yeah, I say go see The Impossible. I kind of want to sing like that Impossible Dream song whenever I say <laughs> The Impossible. But I just think it's interesting. Ewan McGregor has been in two films that are nominated, I think, for Oscars this year. But he's What's not the even... Other one? Uh, I think, if I'm not correct, the Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, isn't that nominated for an um, Oscar? <clears throat> well, that or am nominate... I just getting confused with the Golden Globes? Right, that got a lot of Golden Globes, but that was... Nothing in the Oscars? I don't think anything. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I, you know what? Because the, the Golden Globes for us just happened. Yeah, we just watched the Golden so Globes. I, so I still had that on my mind. Right, you saw, you saw that. Uh, for some reason, it got like five Golden Globe nominees. <laughs> nominations. That was kind of ridiculous. But yeah, <clears throat> Snoopy is right outside the door. I think yeah, he, he, loves, he loves listening to us. We have very soothing voices. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Moving on <laughs> to um, a new topic. What's a new topic, Michael? We're going to talk about <clears throat> our top... Five films uh, of 2012. I kind of threw a curveball at Mike coming into uh, his house. That I was just like, I told him we were gonna do three, and then I'm like, you know what? We're gonna do five. And yeah. Mike's like, crap, I gotta think of two <laughs> more. I gotta think of two more. Gotta think of two more movies. This is after he's like, I watched 65 movies this year. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for dropping the bomb. Yes, I've watched 65, 65 films movies, this year. Everyone. Uh, down from ten, down ten from seventy-five films last year. You didn't let me side. applaud, Michael. <laughs> well, I just throw in my disappointment. No, that's not just sixty-five. Is a lot of freaking movies. It's yeah. And, it's this a only, lot. and that's only counting movies that came out this year. Obviously, right. you watched a movies from movie. other years. And, stuff and there like were that. a few movies that I actually did see in theaters, but I couldn't count them. Like we, I took my girlfriend to see Beauty and the Beast in the theater. Could not count that. Uh, oh wait, what was that? Three D or something? Did they? Yeah, it was three D. Okay, that's. Yeah. I forgot that came out this yeah, year. Yeah, that came oh, out in the year. theater. There was, I, I can't remember, there was another film like that that, you know, uh -huh. previously, re previously released that we went to see in the theaters. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Now, before we get into our top five uh, list, I just want to like ask you, as a, as a whole, 2012, what did you think about, you know, as a whole? As a whole? The movies. Uh, for me, a little lackluster. Mm -hmm. uh, it definitely, you know, it was good. Obviously, there's some... I think a lot of other people will have differing opinions on this. I think, for me though, I I thought it could have been better. There are a few key movies that came out this year that I really <clears> liked, <throat> um, and obviously some huge blockbusters. But I felt like it, it was a little weak this year in in the best films of the year. Like like looking at the best, you know, the the top nine uh, Oscar nominated films for best film. I don't think a couple of those should be in the category, even. Right, well, I mean, ever since they expanded it from, you know, 5 to 10, there's a lot of films that, you know, shouldn't be in it. Um, but, you know, they, they just did that just to broaden the appeal for the Oscars so more people yeah. watch it. But, you know, yeah, I, I, I agree. I like the year. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it, was, a, it was better than last year. Really? Yeah. I think it just had something for everyone, which in the last year a little bit lagged. I mean, the, like you said, the blockbusters were humongous this year. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises, Avengers, even Hunger Games, like big blockbusters. Yeah, big blockbusters. I think it was a great year for independent films that really were successful, like Silver Linings Playbook, Beast of the Sun and Wild, Amore, like Impossible. Like all these movies were really, really good. Even like Perks of Being a, being a Wallflower and all those like smaller movies, really, really good. And then of course you had your like really heavy-hitting Oscar movies, you know, and I think they were really, really solid as well. So I just think, like, for, and, and, and Cabin in the Woods, I think it's one of the best horror movies I've seen in a while, so... I did like that movie. Yeah, it's, uh... I just think everything 
every aspect in, in movies and every genre, there was, you know, I think it was a very good year. Cool. So what we're going to do, <laughs> we have five films, and we didn't tell each other what films we picked. <laughs> so you're going to be as surprised as I am when Michael tells us his top five. But I feel like we're going to go back and forth. So we'll do five. Like, you'll do five, I'll do five, and then if we overlap... Then we'll have to be like, you'll say like, oh, my number five movie is this. I'll be like, whoa, that's my number two movie. So then we'll kind of like both talk about it. Okay. But we'll try not to, you know, no pre no premises, no synopsis. Just talk about it casually. A little cash. cast. Oh, you wrote it on a, a, an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> Very professional of you. I got to post the it. The envelope, <laughs> please. <laughs> Oh man, and I, I'm very not gonna lie. I'm very excited to hear this top five list of years because oh, kind of like yeah, I have a blog. For those who don't know, podcast world, I have a blog, The Entertainment Blur. So I feel like you might have a better gauge about what movies that I really like this year than I have. I, I really don't know what movies you like this year. <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> um, that's why I'm very very excited to hear this top five list of years. Yeah, but like I said, like for me, this move this year was a little. A little lackluster. So I, I would before I would get into my top five. There is one movie I kind of would like to just throw a little shout out for. <clears throat> Didn't make my list. So honorable mention. Yeah, we're starting out with honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm gonna throw an honorable mention out. <laughs> uh, Chronicle. Um, this movie came out like super early in 2012. It's probably like a year ago. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. And it was just it was a very small film. I remember watching it and being like, wow, this is so cool, like, that they shot this for, like, $5 million, and I just remember the the uh, viral marketing that they were doing, where they had these, like, people, at, like, these fake airplane things flying around New York City that looked like people. I just remember there being a lot of buzz about it, but I, from the previews, I never wanted to see the movie. I was like, whatever. Looks dumb to me. And when I watched it, I was just like, wow, that was really different, like, it was... It original for me, so I really liked it. No, I agree because I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't see it in the theaters because I really like you. I didn't want to see. It. I'm like, oh, that's a stupid movie. You know, it's just gonna be about these high school kids that get powers and just abuse it. Whatever, it's not gonna be anything. And uh, but yeah, I caught it. I mean, I caught it probably like maybe like five months ago on HBO or something, and it really surprised me how good it was. Like you said, it was unique. It had, it was, it had like. It was really dark towards yeah, the end too, it really was. and that surprised me. And especially with the uh, the antagonist and his backstory was, you know, pr pretty pretty darn good. And uh, there were there were relatively no name actors. I, no, think, I mean, the only kid I knew was uh, his name was Michael Jordan. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I knew him from Friday Night Lights, uh, a TV show earlier. But yeah, and uh, I like that movie a lot. Yeah, and there was like there was some cool like film techniques in it too that I was like, huh, I wonder yeah. how they did that. You know, like. <laughs> Just this one scene where he's the one character, the main character is in in bed, and he's like with his power, he's making the camera go all like almost three hundred degrees, like just degrees panning around everything, him. yeah. And I'm just like, man, how did they? That's really cool. Um, and so I would have actually liked to see like the making of it, and maybe I'll buy the DVD and see if it's in the you know extra yeah, you extra features. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I got so excited. About that. <laughs> I don't know. I like learning about that stuff. And when I see something that maybe I've seen it before, but I didn't really notice it in a film. Like this film was a very, it was like a focal point. At, you know, as things were going on, like his powers are getting stronger. So you kind of like, oh wow, he's like able to do this stuff. And so and just talking about him, it was just a cool movie. It really, right? was, it really <laughs> was a cool movie. It was really. Uh, so my number five movie, <clears throat> I had to throw a comedy in there. I love dramas, but uh, Pitch Perfect. <laughs> 
I keep watching this movie and it comes on TV and I always crack up. It's just a lighthearted comedy uh, that came out this year uh, starring uh, Anna Kendrick. And it's just really enjoyable. I still have yet to see it, but I really want to see it. I I'm, I'm waiting for that moment when it's in the library so I can just take it and watch it. I've heard only good things and yeah. I really want to. I really want to see that movie. Especially because I think it's a movie that really didn't try too hard. It knew what it was and it did it like really, really well. And it has for me it has a lot of lines that I think I could like repeat to people, but nobody else has seen the movie, so yeah, yeah, it would yeah. be pointless. <laughs> it kind of just got yeah buried underneath yeah. You know, all the the higher profile films. But yeah, like like is that your only comedy on your on your list? <laughs> well, it's debatable. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. <laughs> Uh, so your number five movie is? Mm. Sorry, I had a mouthful of water when you said that. Post in the my number five movie is Perks of Being a Wallflower. We've, okay. We've, is that on your list? That is my number two movie. Oh. <laughs> so let's talk about it. I mean, we already talked about it last podcast, actually, when we did our, like, you know, movies we've seen so far. Um, but yeah, I really think this is one of the best high school movies I've watched in a very long time, yeah, like very long time, and it was it just had everything, and it was um, <clears throat> like I was talking about, it was like an independent film, not really well known, but it was still based on a uh, a novel, uh, a best selling you know youth adult novel, and uh, this guy Stephen Schmatzky, he kind of wrote it, he wrote the novel, he wrote the screenplay, and then he directed the film. Pretty cool. <laughs> you have, you know, Hermione in there, but you never really feel like she's Hermione in the movie. She really broke out of that Harry Potter franchise character. And, um, yeah, I, I, I like the movie a lot, and you did too, correct? Yes, I did. Obviously, you made my two. You made your number two. <laughs> number two. Number two. Yeah, I just thought this movie, like, <clears throat> I went into it having low expectations, and it really blew me out of the water. I thought it was directed well, filmed, like, the cinematography w was great. The storyline was <clears throat> really, really cool. And acting was very surprising, because I didn't know a lot of the people in the movie. Um, and, you know, like, Emma Watson, whatever. You know, you see her as the one character, so she really did... And I like how it's kind of like... Very relatable to us because yeah. we're like 27, 28 years mm -hmm. old, and like this was like a 90s type of high school film. Like, we've all seen the 80s high school films, but we couldn't really relate to that because right. we were, you know, we were just little babies. <laughs> but now, like, it's interesting to watch a movie now about the 90s high school, and they, you know, there's really like no cell phones either that you can't just like, there's no I, like, they're still listening to Walkmans, and it's, it's, it's just interesting yeah. how that's the life that we grew up with, you know, we, we, you had to like call someone on the landline phone just to just to you know meet up with them or you yeah you actually didn't like you you're not skyping at, at home every single night you're actually going out to parking lots and having fun with your friends and just yeah. hanging out so i don't know that just that aspect really hit home yeah for me and probably us absolutely what's next number four 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 um this is a movie that i know a lot of people listening haven't seen most of you might not have probably even heard of it uh, it's a film called Liberal Arts. Um, it was uh, directed and written by Josh Randor, who plays... I think that's how you say his name. Radnor or Ran... One of those. Yeah. yeah. He plays Ted on How I Met Your Mother. Him, him. Um, <clears throat> this was a little independent film. I watched it and I just... I loved it. It was... It, to me... And I know you absolutely hate Zach Braff, but <laughs> it was very reminiscent of uh, of Garden, Garden State. State. Um and it was just, it was very smart, very witty. Wait, are you um, saying Zach Braff was in this movie? No. Oh, okay. Just... But 
Zach Braff could have easily been in this movie as the main character, and I would have, you know, I would have not known the difference, honestly. That's pretty funny. Uh, but I really liked it. I, I just thought, like I said, it was smart. It was very witty. Um, it's just a really pleasant storyline. Uh, basically, it's just about this guy who goes back um, to, to college uh, to try and talk to one of his old professors, and while he's there for a weekend... He meets this girl, and they end up, like, hitting it off and kind of, like, falling for each other. But he's struggling with the fact that he's, you know, 30, and she's six, seven, uh, 18 years old, I think. And just, you know, how would that play out? Because there is so many years between their, their ages. Uh, and there's just this really funny scene where he, he's, like, really weighing the weightiness of it. It's like a 30-second scene. There's no words, but he's just got a piece of paper on it, and he writes 30 and 18... And then he goes, plus five, plus five. <laughs> and, and he just keeps going until it's acceptable. And he gets into, he goes, like, like 70 and, like, you know, 62 or whatever it is. And he goes, oh, that could work. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I like that. I, I apologize for not doing the math, but it was just, it was just really funny. <laughs> I was like, man, that's so, it just says so much while like not saying anything. Right, right. Know? No, I mean, I heard about this film, but I didn't see it. Did you see it in the theaters or? I did, there's a, a um, through Ver, uh, Verizon Fios, there's these things you can watch movies that are about to come out like sometimes. And they're always independent films that mostly you've never heard of. But I've, Is it like on I knew IFC this movie. Channel? Or like what channel? Or it's just, just like just on Verizon? demand. Okay. It's, that's, it's like a weird. It's like a weird section called like before theaters. He's and, and it, Josh. You said was in the movie and he directed it. Mm -hmm. He does and it a wrote lot. It. Yeah, he does that a lot. There was another one that he he did a couple. Maybe Happy, a thank you, more please. Right, right. I, I, I liked like that one too. That. And I was just like, oh, this is pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. he's. he's I like that, that one style. too. That one was definitely a little weirder. Yeah. Than this was. This was more straightforward. Definitely. Okay. Like, I, I definitely would recommend people to take a look at it. You know, it's. It's lighthearted. Like, there's, you know, there's some drama in it, but mostly it's it's pretty funny. Nice, nice. Liberal arts. All right. My number four movie is one that probably isn't on anyone's list because, for some reason, everyone hated it, but it's Les Miserables. <laughs> is that how you say it? Yeah. Les Miserables. Yeah, it's Les Miserables. <laughs> <clears throat> the Miserable Ones. Um, uh, like I said in the last podcast, it was it's my favorite musical of all time. And I thought that uh, the movie was actually pretty damn good. Uh, you know, despite what all the critics say with Hooper's direction and the close-ups, I liked it. And uh, it really brought me closer to the characters than I ever felt seeing it on in, in the stage, in the theater. And I think everyone was very well cast. Russell Crowe did struggle a little bit on the songs, but I mean, that's not his strong point. And you just have to accept that. I don't. I'm just gonna butt in real quick. I don't really understand why everybody was so harsh on Russell. He didn't sing them badly. Right. I mean, he's just not just a singer so like everyone else. Like everyone else belt it like everybody else could. I, I don't really understand why people make such a big deal. Of people, it. I it mean, wasn't. It wasn't like he sang bad. Right. Right. He hit the notes. You know, maybe he couldn't belt them like everybody else could, but yeah. No, I mean like. Again, it's a very beloved musical, and he, he has, like, two incredible... Javert has two incredible songs in the uh, the musical, and, you know, it's just, like... He held his own, 
And it was better when he was like interacting song with like Hugh Jackman, you know, during the fights and stuff like that. But when he had his solo, you know, you can just you can just tell it was it was weaker, and that's what people had a problem with. I mean, the acting was fine. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway really stole the show. Uh, I didn't mind um, <clears throat> the Cosette, uh, but they were. I was like, really? Did they <laughs> both have to be in this film? <laughs> yeah. I was like, one or the other, I can handle. <laughs> but I really liked uh, Samantha Barks as Eponine. Uh, she is is a is a true talent in the musical theater, and hopefully she can transition to the movies. And yeah, I just really liked it a lot. It was probably I, I've never been in the theaters watching a movie, and I heard more crying than Les Mis. So that's I think that means something. I think that's kind of good, maybe bad. <laughs> the only reason crying. that this movie didn't make my list. I, I feel like I need to see it again. I loved it. I thought it was spectacular. The see, that's interesting. Awesome. Yeah, because you never watched... I've never watched the musical. Right. I had no experience going into it. But it was such a weighty movie. And even though it was three hours, it felt like I was watching the film for like 17. Right. Just because there's so much going on. There's so much time that it spans that like... I really want to rewatch it like at home kind of pause, like digest it a little bit more. I think if I had known the story, I would have gotten it. And, and obviously, like... Right, because right. for, for me, I felt like the movie was like one and a half hours long. Yeah. Like, I already knew the story. Right, so, yeah, I mean, know. everything is just... But like you said, it is a lot to digest. There's and there's just, just so non-stop singing. On. So you're like, yeah. you have to really pay attention throughout the entire movie. Yeah, man. and uh, it, it's so funny because like, there's a, a portion where it clearly would be intermission during... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I literally turned uh, and said to my girlfriend, like, intermission, and I started getting up because I needed, I needed like, five minutes to just take a break. Um, but it, it, it's not, there's nothing, I don't want that to seem negative about the movie. Like, it's just that there's so, it's so heavy in content that for me, I was, like, watching, thinking, you know, digesting, and, like... And you couldn't, because then you would miss what's going, keep going on, so... Alright, no, that's understandable. You know, I think I'll, I'll like that movie even more when I see it upon, like, a second or third viewing, so... Definitely. Alright, let's go. What are we on? Number three... Trey's... Uh, Django Unchained. Django. Django. The is silent. Um, this was Quentin Tarantino's most commercial film, uh... Definitively, and I guess this could be considered a comedy, right? Well, that's the thing. Like you, you came back to me. You saw it before me, and you were just like, "It was. It could be considered a comedy." And a lot of people did say that. Yeah. And then when I saw it, I was just like, "I actually saw Django Unchained right after I saw Les Mis because I was just like, I need to laugh." Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing during Django Unchained. A it, lot, right? It could have. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was a comedy, and it was like. And I feel like if you're going into it not knowing Quentin Tarantino at all, you maybe you might not consider it a comedy. But I feel like most of the people that go see it already are familiar with Quentin Tarantino films and his style. Yeah, it was funny. It was very funny. But I don't think that they pitched that movie at all as a comedy. No. So I was going in there thinking it was going to be this... Western... Drama. Like, drama, you know? yeah. So... I, yeah, we're going to call it a comedy. So it's also <laughs> a second comedy on my list. Um, I I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, I don't think it is as good of a film as Inglorious Bastards for a bunch of reasons. Uh, but I thought it was I thought it was a good movie. 
Uh, really entertaining, well-directed, uh, and great acting again. You know? Right. I, I agree. I mean, like like you said, I mean, I'm not as big of a Quentin fan as you are. I do love his movies, and I do love his uh, style and direct directing choices. But yeah, I feel like Inglorious Bastards was stronger. But I, I still liked Jang Unchained. Um, Christoph Waltz was awesome in it yeah. again. Like, he... He's just a great actor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, and Leonardo DiCaprio, I feel like he just had so much fun in this role. He can, just can we talk crazy. about one one scene for a second, though? And this is really not a spoiler, but I don't. I haven't heard or read any interviews okay, about this. Okay, go ahead. So maybe you have, and you can maybe enlighten I me. Have. <laughs> when Leonardo DiCaprio is going on this rant at one point during the dinner table scene, he slams his hand down and clearly cuts himself. Mm -hmm. Now. Was that scripted? Is that what you asked? I don't think it was scripted. <laughs> that was crazy. It looks like it, it just happened because he, as the secret, he's just, you could see him start bleeding. At first there's a little bit of blood on his finger. Then it's like more and more. And he gets something to wrap himself up with. But I really do not think that that was scripted. It, what would be the point of it? Yeah, no, no lie, that that surprised me too when I saw that. I, I was just like, oh man, he was so intense in that scene. He just broke that glass and he cut himself. I don't know. I don't know if it, it I didn't actually read. took me out of the scene just a tad because I sat there thinking, like he, he <laughs> you were worrying just about cut himself. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But you know, it, I, sitting there, like if I was directing the film, if I saw that happen, like I and he keep keeps going, I'm filming. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not cutting away from it. But he, he, you know what I mean? Like it's just. And I can't believe that nobody else has brought this up, or that I know of. Maybe right. someone you know, somewhere We're going to have to search for that, but I, I haven't read anything about that specific scene. But like you said, yeah, I definitely did pick up on that, too. I, I was curious about that as well. I kind of forgot about it since I saw it, but now that you bring it up again, yeah, that, that, was, that was cool. Yeah. I hope he didn't do it on purpose, and then he just kept on going with the character, because <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be Leo for you. But yeah, Django Unchained. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up for Shizor. Two thumbs up. No, Your number, number three? Oh, my number three is a film that Sheen doesn't like that we talked about last time. No, no, you didn't like it. Argo is my number three film. Uh, it keeps on coming back to me, and I feel like this is... We had a very strong year of uh, you know patriotic type of films, and I think Argo is right up there. Um... Yeah, I mean, like, we saw, the, we saw how happy Ben Affleck was at the Golden Globes. How funny that was, was that? That was probably the, my favorite speech of the he night. He was, like, so, like, frantic, and he was just, like, a mile a minute with his words. You can I was tell just, that like, he was, was like, actually not ex really not expecting it. Right. And just, like, thrilled to have gotten that Exa award. Yeah, and it was, it was really a good moment. Like, a lot of people gave him a standing ovation just to see, because... Because, I mean, he's he's been in Hollywood for a very long time. He's he's loved by everyone. And uh, it was really nice to see him get that uh, award. But, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have seen Argo by now. But, if I mean, I just like it a lot. I know you said it's it's very one-noted. I, I like it. I, I can watch this movie a lot of times and not get tired of it. I actually want to see it again in the theaters. <laughs> and I might, because it is back in the theaters. Um, and, yeah, I just... Just really, really liked it. Cool. That's all I gotta say. About <laughs> <that>. <laughs> all right, our number two movie. Uh, like I said, it was already Perks of Being Wallflower. So. Oh. Your number so then two. I should do my number two. Um, my. Ooh, don't drop that pen. <laughs> my number two movie is Zero Dark Thirty. Whoa. Zero. Dark. Thirty. That's your number two. Wow. That's my number dose. Number dose. Um. 
That probably would have been my like if I had to pick a number a sixth one. Right. I would I probably right. would have went with that film. I really liked this movie a lot and Mike and I were talking right before we podcasted how like it's weird, like there's a lot of people that don't like it. Or at least saying and, and we were just kinda I was in my opinion is it was just so hyped up that there's no way it could have met the uh, the expectations that, you know, people had going into this movie because the critics loved it and it's winning almost every single critics award there is. Um, and it's not probably not what you expect, especially for the uh, general public, because it's a you think it's a war movie. You think it's about you know just just getting Osama bin Laden and killing him, but really it's a procedural movie. It's two hours and forty minutes, and two hours of it is just the procedure of the decade it took to gather information, whether it was through torture or through you know intelligence here and there just just trial and error just just kind of just just throwing a dart at the dartboard just trying to find out where Osama bin Laden is and and again there's a lot of like critiquing out there going on like hey is it's all this stuff actually based on facts is like like you know the CIA is gonna say oh that's not true that didn't happen you know or they're gonna say oh we didn't torture stuff like that. it's just whatever it's a movie okay it's not a documentary yeah but it is based on you know Thing like like stories and and first person accounts and stuff like that. Right. And this 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 woman in the CIA is a real person and is portrayed by Jessica Chastain in the movie. And I think in a very 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 good performance this year. Yeah, I liked Maya. her a lot in this movie. Yeah, and it was just like it was so interesting. What I really liked a lot about Jessica Chastain, Jessica Chastain and the Maya character was just that there was like no backstory at all. Yeah. And because it doesn't matter what her backstory is, she's just there for one reason to freaking find Bin Laden, and she did it eventually. And it's like they never even touch upon her doing like a guy's job per se, like you know the CIA, yeah. all the army stuff. Like she is a woman, but it was never touched upon because that didn't matter either. It was just all the procedurings of finding out where he is. And I, I don't know. I love the movie. The last half hour was based on the raid where they actually you know got him, and that was really really tense even though you know what happens but i thought it was filmed well and I, I and i loved the movie for my number two yeah you saw it right i did you liked it i liked it I mean, a you lot. said it was like your number six <laughs> you know i i some of it was a little hard to watch for me um a little bit of the torture stuff in the beginning was kind of rough uh and then at the end the raid when they were just i i was like man this is you know, this is really kind of like tough to tough to actually like watch go down. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it kept me on the edge of my seat the whole movie. Like I've just, you really felt like Chastain's like pain, like trying to hunt this. Down. I loved it how she just kept on writing on oh, the walls. Was, like, it's like I can't tell you how many people I've talked. Like that's that's my favorite part of the movie. It's hilarious. Maybe. It's yeah, so it's every single day she's, she's like writing, the wall. writing. Like you're ignoring me for two hundred days now. Yeah. It's it's. That was great. You know, you could really look at this movie like it's one woman's, you know, uh, triumph above all adversities, you know, like, no matter what, just years and years of, of, like, and then the ending, like, and I don't think I'm really giving anything away, but, like, when she hops onto the plane. Oh, man, that was, yeah. And she cries. Not, right. and they're not tears of happiness. Yeah, she was not happy. She yeah, was, she's just, just alone on this plane. You know, she has to then, like... She wanted. She's something that she was passionate about. Something that she wanted to do and get. That after it's all done, she's like, you know, realizing all the shitty things that she's done. 
<laughs> and the people that she's tortured and the lives that she's, you know, lost along the way. And it was, I thought it was, a, it was a great, yeah, last scene just and to show And it, it was so funny because you really, I didn't expect that. Uh -huh. I was like, she's going to smile. She's going to be like, yeah, you know, right, you're going to see her right. relax and like say, finally. But then she just cries. And it kind of like, took like the opposite of like how Argo portrayed their <laughs> mission. Like there was yeah. a very hurrah, hurrah, you know, we got him back and stuff like that. And this was just like, yeah, we got Bin Laden. But so what? Uh, like, yeah. the, you know, we, yeah. like you said, it was like a decade of just crap that went down. What did you think? This will, be, this will be the last thing we talk about, Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> what do you think about the the opening sequence with the black screen and just the, uh, the I thought that was an interesting choice. Just the black screen and you just heard the voices of 9-11 of and the call. You know, I kind of forgot like about that because so yeah. much happens in the movie. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was interesting to kind of bring you in but not show anything. I thought that was kind of cool. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't really understand it. I, okay. don't, I don't know what the point... I think it really was like, because I think something that Catherine Bigelow really, really tried to do throughout the movie was not take a side and try to just stay neutral and all the facts or whatever she, you know, she her, the information she got, just lay it out there. So like, you know, trying not to really persuade like, oh, you know, this is, because we all, we've all seen images of the, yeah. the Twin Towers burning. We didn't have to see that. That's true. But it was just like reminding us of that day and then just going right into why they have to go get Bin Laden now. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, I mean, I, it was just like interesting, I, you know? Yeah. I, okay, that makes sense. Well, yeah, it was fine. I didn't really think about it. I thought, you know, I was sitting there at the beginning and I'm not going to lie, there was a couple technical issues with the film, uh, like, before I saw a f at the when they started first of all it started like 15 minutes late there was nothing what? no previews or anything where'd you go this is the Garden State wow really and so like and the, the theater was kind of packed so <laughs> nobody really wanted to leave yeah. their seat to go tell somebody because we were like <laughs> oh man we're gonna lose our seats so finally like somebody got somebody and they came in and then when the previews were playing it was like in stretch mode and like the tops of people's heads were all cut off and some people even oh, their man. eyes you mm -hmm. couldn't see them so, again, somebody went out and finally they got it, like, right. So when the film started in that black screen, I wasn't too sure oh, okay. that if that sense. was actually the movie doing it or there was still some sort of mm -hmm. issue. And everybody in the theater was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I could tell people looking around, like, should we go say something again? Like, what's going on? That would have been fun. That's really funny. But people stuck that out because they're like, well, maybe this is the uh -huh. film, you know? That's really so. interesting. I like that. I like that story. Tell again. <laughs> All right, number one. Number Michael. one. Uh, I kind of have a suspicion that we have the same movie. I do too. Now, the, now that we didn't <laughs> now, name this movie. I was like, I was worried really like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, The Life of Pi. Yes, that is, is my, also my favorite one. movie of the year. Yeah, we are in cahoots. <laughs> we got the same number one movie. That's pretty funny, though. That's awesome. I, yeah, I didn't really think that you were going to put that as number one. But I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a lot of thought. I, I, I juggled my top ten because I'm gonna do a blog post soon. And I juggled my top ten for like the past, you know, two weeks. And yeah, it was. It didn't start out as my number one, but the, just the more I thought about it, I'm just like, it was seriously just the most powerful movie I saw all year. It was the only movie I was really, really surprised and like, in a good way. Like, it, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting this type of movie at all. 
and just the the movie experience was without a doubt the best of this year for me at least. Yeah, I mean for me this movie stood out mm -hmm. like above the rest of the pack. Like I I loved this movie, and I I thought about it for days, weeks. I still like it still pops in my mind. I need to go see it again in theaters before it it jumps out of theaters. I just this movie just left me like thinking about my life you know and That's like what it did. and then if a movie can do that <laughs> you know for me i'm like okay i gotta give it up to it you know just everything about the movie was impressive from the visual effects which is like i don't even think there was a better visual effect movie than life of pi you hearing that this was based on a book that was you know deemed unfilmable and then ang lee just takes it it's like oh i'll, I'll do it <laughs> you know got it it's, yeah he's like please just give it to me and uh it was it just yeah it blew 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 me out of the water but uh <laughs> pun intended yeah <laughs> but no and it, it's interesting because yeah like there's no like big actor or anything in it and it was almost like a castaway just 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 this one actor on a boat with a cgi tiger and yeah. it was just really really cool and of course you know the most memorable conclusion in, in out of any film this year and the cgi in this movie was spectacular oh, it was the best i remember like looking at the tiger on the bullet and like thinking is that cgi <laughs> How did they do this? i'm like maybe they put in a real tiger in parts too but i found out it was 100 percent cgi i'm like wow <laughs> now they did really you see did this movie job. in 3d i did not see it in 3d ah, did I you did. see it in 3d I did, see it in did that 3D. add to the film uh, it made me a little more queasy when I was watching the horror scenes. I was just like, all right, I'm getting a little seasick right now. But, I mean, this, it didn't take away from it. And I think if, if the 3D doesn't take away from a film, it's actually good. Because I'm not a big, we're not a big fans of 3D. Yeah. Though, we're, we're, though I'm not going to lie, lately, films are getting better with 3Ds. Well, because they started, like, using the technology... In a crappy, ways, cheap way. Yeah. It, back, yeah, and now you're getting, like, actual like, good directors... Like Martin Scorsese last year, and you know yeah, Ang Lee, yeah. and you know you're actually having good directors, and they know they can take this 3D dimension and just enhance the movie with it. I think they're all taking notes from Up when that movie came out in 3D, because <laughs> I remember that being the best 3D movie I've awesome. seen. Up was fantastic. So yeah, Life of Pi, number Uno. one. No, does that match your favorite movie of 2012? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I thought you were asking me, and I was like, we just yeah, that was weird. That. I was trying, I looked at the recorder, <laughs> and then I looked at you, and you looked puzzled. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm just going to let it be. It's what happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ugh. So now we're going to talk about awards. Hmm. Bring up, the, bring up an IMDb, the uh, nominees, just in case we have to refer to it. But I'm going to start talking. For the Oscars or the Globes? Oscars. Globes don't count. <laughs> but anyway, no, well, I guess we'll recap the, the, the Globes a little bit. The Globes, um, was this past? No, two weeks ago, I believe. And, uh, it was a little surprising. It's, uh, obviously the Globes are just a big party where actors from TV and movies can have dinner, get drunk, yell out some crazy things when they accept an award, and it is what it is. Mike kind of put it bluntly and was like... Mike put it bluntly and said, it's funny that, like, a lot of people that won the Globes, we don't think, are going to win the Oscars. So it's kind of like a consolation prize that they won the Globes, but they're not going to win the Oscars, which is interesting. But then again, the Oscars are, you know, over a month away, and we really don't know what's going to happen then. We can't foretell the future. Well, we could. 
would be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, we could be wrong. Mike, that's the wrong list, Mike. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Mike is struggling right now. Just well, go to the. Go, why go to... is that the 2012 <laughs> Oscar nominees? Because... It wasn't on IMDb. Oh man, I don't know. Just just go to like a Wikipedia page or something. That's what I'm trying to do. Anyway, this year we have nine nominees for Best Picture. Um, this isn't right, is it? No, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. So honestly, I, I what, had... What category do you want to start in? Well, just Best Picture. It's the base one. It's, it's a... Uh, I think I still think Lincoln's gonna win it all. I thought that Lincoln, Lincoln. <laughs> I thought that back then when Lincoln came out, and there's just so many things pointing to Lincoln's direction. Um, I feel like if the if it wins, it's just because the Academy is like, oh well, we gotta give it to Spielberg. Yeah, but that's not right. It's not the best never, movie of the never year. Never said it was right. They 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 don't always reward the best movie of the year. I think it's interesting for people who don't know that. People were surprised, especially in the Best Director category, um, when it came out. And it, it's because, for the first time in maybe ever, a very long time, the Oscar nominations were sent in before the Guild nominations came out and before the Golden Globes were announced. So, it's it, it's it's no lie that a lot, everyone in the academy they kind of looked at these globes and they look at the direct the DGA the WGA the, the SAGs and they kind of use that as like an outline or a blueprint. They're like, oh, that that's who they voted for. I guess if you don't know what to vote for, you're going to vote for those five people. So everyone was going in blind this year. That's why the the best directing category is just so out of whack and in history in the history of Oscars best directing category is usually one of the easiest like tells who's gonna win best picture there's only been very few years where the the if you didn't win best director you 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 didn't win best picture it usually always matches up and a lot of people are saying Argo is has a lot of steam, a lot of momentum going the film, uh, going into the Oscars. If Argo does win Best Picture, it will be the first movie in I think 80 years to not get a Best Directing nominee and win Best Picture. That's crazy. And that only that film was Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> Hilarious. Did not get a Best Directing nominee, but uh, won Best Picture surprisingly. Uh, I still don't think Argo's gonna win. Lincoln got the most nominees. Lincoln got all the important nominees, including Best Director. It has the most, it grossed the most money out of any Best Picture nominee. I don't see how it could lose, honestly. But if you were to ask me who, who's the movie that might be able to upset it, surprisingly, I'm going to say Silver Linings Playbook. Now let's talk about that movie for a minute. Silver Linings? Yeah. Loved the movie. I liked it a lot. I thought it was <laughs> great. But for me, it was a very, I mean, like... It's just a typical kind of love story with, like, some issues thrown into it. I don't mm -hmm. really think that the movie, when you, like, really sit down and think about it, not to say that it wasn't good or enjoyable, because I, I obviously really liked it, but I don't really see all the hoopla about it. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I kind of agree. I, I think it has a lot of hoopla, a lot of buzz, momentum going uh, around it, and I thought, it, yeah, I thought I loved it. I think it's a very likable movie. It's one of those movies yeah. that you just you can't everyone not likes, like the film because it, it's such a happy ending too, and it's yeah. very like it deals with you know some mental illness and some really serious issues. And but is know, that all it takes to get an Oscar nomination nowadays? 
Maybe. <laughs> There's always one of those movies in for Best Picture every year. It was kind of like the Little Miss Sunshine of this year or like the Juno of this year and stuff yeah. like that, you know. And I'm not, I don't even think Juno was that great of a movie, but that, that was one of the top five of that year, apparently. Right. And uh, so, I mean, yeah, and it's, uh, I think it really did benefit from Jennifer Lawrence's humongous year this year and her just breaking out as, you know, as one of the top actresses in Hollywood right now. I remember you preaching her praises last year when oh, yeah. she was nobody. <laughs> right, yeah, when she was no one. Now, you know, once Hunger Games came out and then Silver Linings, and yeah, I, I loved her in Winter's Bone, you know. She got nominated for that and that was, you know, three, four years ago. But now she's on top of the world. She's hosting Saturday Night Live. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the Lumineers is, is the musical guest. Oh, I gotta you know, watch that yeah, episode. That's pretty good. That's gonna be good. <laughs> Wait, that's tonight, right? Today's Saturday. Today is Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but I really think it ben they benefited from her success. And I guess we could segue into best actress, Jessica Chastain or Jennifer Lawrence. I think it's just down between those two. And I have a feeling that I don't know. I don't know who's gonna. I think that's a coin flip. I, I think you could just flip a coin, and that would probably be a better guess than you thinking too much about it, because it could, it could go either way. I don't think Jessica Chastain will win. I think she should win, mm -hmm. but I don't think she has the popularity in Hollywood. <laughs> I love Jessica Do you Chastain. Know what I mean? but, yeah, no, you're saying, and that definitely can play a big part of it because yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is just the biggest star right now. I'm just saying maybe Jessica Chastain will win because. Zero Dark Thirty got shut out out of the Best Director, and no one is really expecting it to win uh, Best Picture now. So kind of like as a consolation for Zero Dark Thirty being such a good movie, they might just give it to Jessica Chastain. And the Oscars, they do that a lot. They they really. And she, I kept confusing Jessica Chastain with Bryce Dallas. <laughs> Bryce Dallas one. Howard. Yeah. She was also in The Help, so that's kind of funny because both of them were in The Help. Don't they look similar? Especially with the red hair. Yeah, I think that's why I confuse him. But Jessica Chastain was in Tree of Life. Yes. She was in, like, a million movies last year. <laughs> La yeah? What yeah. else last year? She was in Tree of Life. She was in The Help. And I still haven't seen that movie. I need to see really? it. Really? The Help? Yeah. Trust me, you'll like it. Really? Exactly. I went in thinking I wasn't going to like it. Whatever. It's an all-girl cast. So, dude, you're going to like the movie. It's good. Uh, I still got to watch it's it. It's really good. My girlfriend's been bugging yeah, me Definitely watch it with her. You guys will really like it. It's a solid movie. Um, but yeah, I mean... That's what about pretty... the best actor category? <clears throat> Daniel Day-Lewis locked in. He's going to become, I think, the first actor in a very long time or just ever to win three uh, Oscars for best lead. I think they said there's one, one female that has four, but like Meryl Streep. <laughs> no, not Meryl Streep. Surprisingly, someone else. Um, but yeah, that's quite a feat. Diane Day Lewis is a phenomenal actor, as we all know. But that's just a, such a good, it's such a good list. Yeah, it is a good of list. actors this year. Great performance. Oh, Bradley Cooper does seem out of place there, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. I'll, I don't even like Bradley Cooper, so <laughs> I don't think he deserved to be there. I really wanted John Hawks to be there instead for the sessions. I think he gave a great performance. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix was kind of the surprise because he kind of bashed the Oscars, yet he still gets nominated. So maybe, you know, maybe he knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> and I we guess. talked about uh, Denzel's uh, performance. Yeah. Like and Hugh Jackman. I don't think anyone else could have played that role but him. So, you know. Best Supporting Actress? Uh, Anne Hathaway is going to, she's going to win. That's a lock. She, uh, she's, she's paid her dues. She's kind of, uh, you know, a veteran now, though she's still kind of young, and uh, 
I think this is her second or third Oscar nomination, and yeah, she'll she'll win that. She should at least. Even I though, agree. Even though Helen Hunt was naked <laughs> throughout Whoa. the entire movie of Sessions, which was yeah, I was just like, why is this happening? Is that you or me? That's you. I really thought I muted my phone. I apologize to everyone. What's next? Best supporting actor. I'm really hoping Christoph Waltz take this. <laughs> Takes it. And it's it's strange, but yeah, he. Uh, I hope he does too. I think it's gonna go to Alan Arkin though. If Which it, I really don't... He's the only one there that I don't even think should have gotten a, a nominee. I really don't think... I, I, I agree with you, but yeah. I feel like the Academy... Well, they love... They absolutely love... Alan Alan but just look at everyone... They, they, did you watch... Did you actually watch when they announced uh, Emma Stone and Seth when they announced the uh, nominees? No. This was the first category, and they just announced it. And every single time she announced someone, she's like, a former winner. A former winner. She's like, oh, it's a good thing they're uh, mixing it up this year. <laughs> Everyone nominated has won an Oscar before in this category, so That's they're so all funny. yeah, they're they're all loved by the Academy. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, Christoph Waltz was awesome, but I could see it going to like Tommy Lee Jones too in Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I could see that, especially when I think. I don't know. He's the way like a grumpy old man. Like, what's the where's the acting in that? <laughs> I think the way it's going to go is that yeah, if Lincoln wins Best Picture, it's probably going to win a lot more than people expect, and I think it could win like six or seven out of the twelve. I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, it I, I was mean, a good. It's not that it wasn't a good movie. It was. I just. Eh. I'm with you. It, it didn't make my top ten list. But I'm just saying, just following. The, I've been following the Oscars for a long time, and I think I know I, how they vote. And dude, honestly, I I I bow to your excellence on the Oscars because you're always like <laughs> we always have bets, so right? <laughs> and then <laughs> I purposely take the outsiders because I want them to win, and I think right. they deserve to exactly. win. You have to really, and I'm separate, never right. <laughs> you have to separate your your personal feelings with really what they're going to vote for. That's why we're gonna have our edition uh, next podcast. Um, yeah, and see, the director is insane because we, we, everyone expected Spielberg and Ang Lee, but everyone also expected Catherine Bigelow and Ben Affleck to get in because their movies were insanely popular and very good. They were just they were ousted <laughs> by the director. I can't even I can't even say the Beast of the Sunderland. Ben Zetlin. Yeah, Ben Zetlin, and a more Michael Haneke. That movie hasn't even made a million dollars yet. Yeah. <laughs> And, but, I mean, I love Michael Haneke, and everyone loves this movie, but uh, it, that was such a big surprise. Amore and Beasts of the Sun the Wild, two movies combined, might have grossed, I think, $12 million. Yeah, but they that's what they like to do. They like to throw those guys But in like there. I'm saying, this year really suffered. It made that category so unpredictable because the DGA, they didn't announce theirs when they voted in. So you saw the DGA, which was Ang Lee, it was Steven Spielberg, Catherine Bigelow, Ben Affleck, and Tom Hooper for Les Mis. Those were a very, really solid five that everyone thought, okay, they're definitely going to get in for this nominations. Nope. <laughs> a lot of a lot of first comers here, so I don't know. Well, did David Earl Russell get nominated? Yeah, he got nominated for The Fighter. So yeah, yeah but uh, I mean Ben Zetlin, I'm pretty sure it's his first, first movie ever, <laughs> and Haneke. I mean, everyone knows Haneke, but he's really known for... And it's hard to get in with a foreign film. Yeah, in this very I know. small category. So I haven't seen this movie yet, so I can't speak to it. But I haven't I seen do, it yet. I do want to see it. Yeah, I really want to see it. But um, it's very surprising how they snuck yeah. in to hear it. I think that's... I think we can kind of wrap it up. Unless there are any categories you wanted to hit. No, that's or, pretty much it. I'm just... Well, well, well I'm saying... I, I'm just going out on a limb here. I think the most important category 
when you watch the Oscars, it's going to be uh, the film that wins for best editing. Usually, it's director. And when you see what film wins best director, you're like, oh, that film's going to win best picture. For some reason this year, I think it's going to be whatever film wins best editing is going to win best picture. Why do you say that? I don't know. I just have a, feel I have a weird feeling. Because I'm just looking at the movies that are nominated for best editing, and it just it, it portrays... In my mind, who's going to win Best Picture a lot more? Because I really don't. I don't think a more or Beast of the Summer uh, has I, a I chance. Think, honestly, I don't know why they're, they're they don't they're even nominated. Have a, they don't even have a chance. And I feel like these five are the are there. If there were only Which five is, Best Picture nominees, it's Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook, Life of Pi, Argo, and Zero Dark Thirty. Just for those who right. Don't. And I think if there were only five nominations for Best Picture this year, those would be the five. I I would have to agree with you. Except I would kick out Silver Lining and like, Whoopa! You're gone. Wow. <laughs> that was a really aggressive kick. <laughs> Alright, well that's our uh, awards update. And uh, I think that's our that's our podcast. Oh, I also hope Quinn Tarantino wins for uh, Best for what? Original Screenplay. Oh, for writing. Yeah, he's original. So he's up against... I don't even know. Zero Dark, Zero Dark 30. 30. Uh, Wes Anderson for Moonrise Kingdom. I would be happy if he won too. I love Wes Anderson. Yeah. I mean, I could totally see Quentin Tarantino not winning, but I would love to see him Did you see how surprised he was at the at the Golden Globes? Yeah, because I was surprised too. Because um, especially see the Golden Globes is weird because they combined adapted and original to one category. Right. So he was up against Lincoln, Argo, all those movies, and he freaking won. I'm telling you, the Globes was just like, <laughs> let's go consolation year. Everybody who's we don't think is going to win an Oscar, here you go. Exactly. Merry it's, Christmas. It's, it's so weird because. I mean, we know. I mean, I mean, everyone. A lot of people like Quentin still. You know, oh, a lot of people. Has he do. won an Oscar for writing yet? I, I think, think so. He no? has. <laughs> you know, we're saying Let's opposite IMDb. things at the same time right now. Let's I think he's won quick. one. I'm not sure for what. I mean, I don't think it was for Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. <laughs> I'm gonna say Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> we're saying the exact opposite things right now. But yeah, it's just the fact that he's up against Mark Bowl for Zero Dark Thirty is gonna be tough. But again, yeah, he's gonna if he wins the the WGA, he should have a pretty good shot at winning. Do you not know? come on, Mike Quinton? I don't know how to spell it. What do you want? <laughs> All right, Mike, it's getting a little pissy over here. <laughs> e. I forgot the E. I put an I instead. Oh, okay, that's not too bad then. Look at that guy. What a handsome fella. He's a lot of people think he's very ugly. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I, I always hear oh. people are like, that's Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> oh, drumroll. He has won one Oscar. Let's see what it is. Dun, 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 dun. I'm saying it's writing for Pope. It's probably nothing. It is best writing screenplay written directly for the screen <laughs> for Pulp Fiction. Oh, baby. Give a point for Rob. <laughs> and he was nominated for best director as well. Yeah, that was a very tough year uh, for Pulp Fiction, for any movie, because that was the same year as Shawshank Redemption and Forrest Gump uh, for the Oscars, so, understandably so. Did they change the name of the category? Like, in 2010, so it was Best Achievement in Directing? They're just getting fancy. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, I don't was, know what it is. You know, for Inglourious, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe they did. Uh... Whatever, if you can, you can, if you can make, if you compact the phrases, it's better, in my opinion. But if they want to expand it, why not? <sighs> All right, Mike. I think that was a pretty good podcast. I enjoyed myself. Wasn't highly. this the first year that Quentin Tarantino could be in the Directors Guild for a nomination? What do I'm you mean? pretty sure 
Quentin Tarantino was never a member of the director's oh, guild. Oh, I'm so not sure about that. He actually. joined... Why wasn't he a part of the director's guild? He just never wanted to be. And you're talking about just the director's guild? Oh, he never wanted to be. Yeah. you All these guilds, you have an option to, to join. Right. And he never joined the director's the, guild. But, okay, but there, there's, a, yeah, there's a director's guild, and then there's the academy. Are you talking about the academy? Or the director's guild? The direct the GGA was okay. the director's guild. Right. He That's was never he had never had a film nominated because he was never a member huh. of the director's guild. And they only nominate directors who are members of the guild. Because everyone is a, a member. Mostly everybody. There are some there's directors out of, there. There's like fourteen thousand members in that. Right. And there's only six thousand Academy. Members. I want to say like Wes Anderson's not a member. Hmm. Uh, a few people out there are not members. I think, and I know this sounds weird, but I feel like Sofia Coppola is not a member of the director's guild. I remember reading a list <laughs> of these people and being like, "That's weird. Like, yeah. why aren't?" And I was shocked that Quentin Tarantino was wasn't a member. Right, right, I right. But I think I looked it up, and it was just because like. You know, it, it costs money every year, and he never really saw the point in joining the Directors Guild. So yeah. he just never did. Yeah. So this was the first year he joined it, uh, so it was the first film he ever had uh, that was eligible to be nominated, and it did get nominated. Cool. And won, I think, for something, no? Did that not happen yet? I think it did. That hasn't happened yet. No? The DGA didn't announce their winners. They yet. didn't even... Oh. Okay. They announced their nominees, okay. but not their winners. None of, none of those... The SAGs, I believe... <laughs> Or either tonight or tomorrow. Too many award shows. <laughs> yeah, there's Too a lot. Many. They all just lead up to the to the big one. Um. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. Oh yeah. And uh, it was it was a good time. We'll try to come back ASAP. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know what else to say. And that's the end of our show. Donk. <laughs>